Howdy, riders. Welcome back to Ride Between the Wines. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, for the next three weeks, it's going to be more like sit between the wines because I'm actually getting out of the car. Um, because uh, at this year's Charleston Food and Wine Festival, I had the opportunity to sit down with some very cool folks. And so the next three weeks are some of the podcasts that we've done with them. Um, this is uh, week one with Chema Marua, who is the winemaker of Bodegas Murial and actually quite a few other um, wineries in Spain that uh, we're going to list halfway through the show or put in the program notes because we actually didn't talk about them a lot on the podcast. But uh, Chamber was an amazing guest, very cool person to talk to. So if you're ready, buckle up. Let's ride. The world we live in is an amazing one, full of passion, wonderment, and of course, fine wine. This is the story of one man's journey to fully understand and appreciate that world. So kick the tires and light the fires. It's time to ride between the wines. It's Burgundian in style. Just a whisper of cherry. Very nice legs. This is so perfectly balanced. Such an old world style. Is this laced with tobacco? A total fruit bomb. I say, so fancy! Welcome back to Ride Between the Wines. Um, I want to go ahead and say that if you watch this for the next four weeks, purple suit is not my favorite color. I'm doing several podcasts in one day. Although it's going to look like I'm wearing a purple suit uh, every single day. But it, I mean, it does look good. Uh, but anyway, so um, I'm at Charleston Food and Wine this week. And I've luckily run into a couple of winemakers who've been willing to sit down for a few minutes um, with me. And uh, so here we are. So um, we're going to start off this week with Chema. Yeah. Chema is uh, from Bodegas Muriel. Muriel, yeah. And um, yeah, and we, we just started chatting off camera. And I was like, hey, I need to ask you real questions about this stuff. So um, let's just start off with, um, uh, tell, me, tell me about the family who okay. owns the winery and, and your connection with okay, them. Okay, my... my the winery I work with is a family of business, okay? It was Jose Murua, that was my grandfather, mm-hmm. that started the winery business many, many years ago, say like the 1920s, 1926, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, we're based in Rioja, okay. okay? It's the northern part of Spain, the leading producing region or most known region. I feel like if you know any Spanish wine, you know Rioja, I, yeah. in America. I feel uh, like yeah, right. okay. And then, uh, the, the one that has been run by 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 a family till till now, and, okay. and that's it. It's, it's we're we're a big we're a big winery in Rioja, but but still family owned and family run. And and so I mean I guess you were born and bred in the winery life. I mean this. Yeah is yeah yeah yeah. It's something that uh, from since I was since a small kid I've seen it, and mm-hmm. and one day I decided yes I want to get into the business and carry on with this. Did um, you did you? Uh, work your way up to winemaker. I mean, did you start um, out in the in the harvests and everything like that? I've done or? everything in the, in the yeah. winery. I even worked for other wineries. Okay, okay. all I in Spain or all in Spain, all in Rioja. Okay. Okay. I started to work in other wineries and then went back to the family to the family business. So uh, one thing I want to get out of the way because um, we we just talked about it a little bit off camera, but I want to say again, um, if if you're listening and you're like me and just assumed that the Spanish winemaker you're about to meet. Uh, was going to have a very thick Spanish accent. Uh, he does not. And, and why is that again? I just think this is interesting es, to me. Soy español, hablo español, soy de España, pero... <laughs> but I have... Uh, uh, well, I learned English in England, 
when, when I was a small boy, I had the luck to be sent to to England. To England to learn the real English. So yeah. then, I mean, I stayed there like three years in England, and for me it was a, a great experience where I learned English and logically through time had to keep it up, and I, I've tried to keep it up. Well, yeah, it's... Well, it caught me off guard, but it's, it's awesome. Sorry, the side note, I wanted to get there. Um, so, uh, and you also mentioned that you uh, have a brother who went to England to learn English with you? Or no, well, my, I've got four other brothers. Four other brothers. Okay. And they went as well. They went, oh. So, uh, what is their role with the winery? No, no, they, they, they don't have to do anything with the winery. All oh. have totally different uh, leadings. Hmm. And, and Medical, everybody still in Spain? Engineer, uh, uh, finance. They all live in Spain, all around Spain. But uh-huh. And do you do you have uh, kids? Yeah, two daughters. Yeah. Are are they gonna? I don't think so. No. <laughs> no, one one is studying to become a doctor, uh-huh. and the other one is twelve. So she, I think she doesn't know still what. Well, you guys, it's a it's little be. early for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, let's let's talk about your wines a little bit. Okay. Um, so obviously, uh, do you make just reds? Is it all? Uh, Rioja is, I would say, is ninety five percent reds. Okay. Although we use some whites. Okay. okay. But Rioja is uh, Tempranillo is mainly reds. Now, is, are all of your Riojas 100% Tempranillo, or is they uh, Yes, or? basically yes, although sometimes we work as well with uh, great varieties, as uh, Grenache, mm-hmm. okay, and Majuelo, okay, mm-hmm. that's the French Carignan mm-hmm. equivalent, and Graciano, that's a very local grape that we have in Rioja. Okay, okay. and um, what would you say um, the uh, the pairing, if anybody, uh, food-wise, what, what, what does Rioja go with? Uh, tempranillo is a grape that... Uh, First uh, thing is that it ages very well. So the wines that you get, they're very, we we'll say, uh, mid-body wines. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're, they're very not full-body wines, so they're very easy or friendly drinking wines. Okay. So in terms of food pairing, they, they work really well because they can logically reds tend to pair better with food and uh, with uh, sorry with meat and mm-hmm. more strong dishes. But nevertheless, they can still pair very well with fish. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tempranillo, as I was telling, uh, ages very well. So, uh, with time, they even get very, very gentle wines, very, very soft wines. Their acidity, their acidity, acidity is not very pronounced. So that makes that with any food, they make a very good uh, blend match. Mm-hmm. And so Rioja is, is very well known for um, having wine and oak for a very long time yes. before you guys release yes. anything. Yes, and that is something that uh, we still do it. Logically, we adapt to times and things are changing. Back in the old times, yeah, they, we had aging up to four or five years in oak, but now, logically, due to the market as well, uh, likes more or tends to like more fruity type wines, mm-hmm. okay? We uh, still have the wines in barrel, well, the, the longest aging we do is 30, is 30 months, 36 months, that's like three years, mm-hmm. okay? But, um, because the aging at the end, it's something that is uh, very characteristic of Rioja and very characteristic to our style. And I think we're not going to change that logically, but we have to adapt to the market. That makes okay? sense. So we still put the wines into barrels, and barrels is uh, a, a great, a very important thing to a business. Okay, but nevertheless, although we have a lot, uh, very long times in the barrel, we try to always make the wine be the main actor as we all like you don't to want to cover it up exactly right okay yeah. you have to think that in Rioja we have a big 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 amount of barrels okay it's the region in the world where, where most barrels are 
Okay, let's say in Rioja we have like 1.2 million barrels. Okay, that makes you that makes you the number. Okay, but logically we don't use 100% new oak for everything. Mm -hmm. So that permits us to have the wine in barrels and not be over -oaked. Wait, you say that you have the largest number of barrels. Do you mean that the there's Spanish oak barrels or just the number of barrels you guys actually? No, uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, to to emphasize in the importance of aging process in mm -hmm. Rioja is that Rioja holds the biggest amount of barrels in the world as a region. Huh. You understand? I didn't know that, yeah, okay. Yeah, if, I don't know the exact figures, but in the world if, w there could be like three million barrels overall. In Rioja there's one million. Yeah, so okay. Just That's to make out, to pinpoint out the figures on gotcha. why uh, oh, barrels are so important to us. And so what is the typical oak used for the barrels? Yes, the typical oak used for us mainly is American, mm -hmm. American origin. Okay, like with, uh, a media would be like 70% American, 30% French. Okay, traditionally Rioja was 100% American, but from the last 30 years here, we've begun changing. Okay, we're changing, trying new things, mm -hmm. and French oak is going very strong in Rioja. Okay, okay. But that would mean that the use either American or French would give us more, compa more even more complexity to our wines. Okay, would you say that because you kind of touched on this earlier? Um, the style that you have to keep up with the changes in the market. Yes. Would you say that um, the people in Rioja today would prefer to drink a slightly different style Rioja than what the rest of the world is buying? Are no, the good thing that today, yeah, the good question. Now in Rioja you have all the styles. Okay. I mean, traditionally, if we went 40 years back in Rioja, it was practically the same style. Mm -hmm. Very oaky, very long age wines. Okay, now, and I say thankfully, because People have different tastes, and this works like this. Mm -hmm. We have from ultra modern, concentrated, fruit driven Riojas, and still we have the classical, very gentle, very complex, or elegant, uh, fine oaked Riojas. Um, tell me, we kind of touched on pairing too. Um, what, what are people typically eating? What, what is a typical dish in Rioja? What's Rioja is a land that. Um, mainly it's vegetables, we grow loads of vegetables, okay, Okay. in terms of uh, meat we work a lot with, uh, with lamb and beef, although our main dish is lamb, okay, Okay. but mainly it's focused everything on vegetables, hmm. okay, interesting, okay, we don't work a lot with fish, well, although we have the, the sea quite near, like a hundred miles, okay, but mainly the, the Rioja food is based, based in a blend of meat and that normally is uh, lamb with uh, vegetables. Vegetables I mean, are prepared all over the place? Is there a yeah, typical? Very, uh, we grow a lot of uh, artichokes, uh, we grow a lot of uh, uh, we have good tomato, we have very good asparagus, mm -hmm. uh, we have get very good leeks, we have um, all types of vegetables. Although one of the best or local dishes we have here is called menestra. Okay. Menestra is like a, a like a salad made of vegetables with some meat, and that's the the star there. Hmm. Then we have the typical uh, patatas a la rojana. That means it's uh, potatoes with uh, with chorizo and with a bit of pepper. Okay, and then we have the famous uh, small lamb chops that we've done it with the we always the important thing the lamb chops in Rioja have to be done with. Uh, 
with the shoot vines. They have to be cooked with the shoot vines. Interesting. The, what does that do? What, do you the, we, what we do is we take the shoot vines from the pranin, uh -huh. okay, we let them dry, okay, and then we burn them. And with the ashes of that, we put the lamb chops, like in a grill, and it's just two minutes. You turn one once or twice with a bit of salt, and that's... That sounds amazing. It sounds very... It, uh, it, it tastes better than it looks. <laughs> well, that sounds very cool. All right, well, um, we're going to take a quick break uh, okay. if we have a sponsor, and we're going to come right back. Um, all right, so we are back, and um, I wanted to take a few minutes, since I have a winemaker, to kind of talk about the minutiae of winemaking. Um, so so how, how many years have you actually been making wine? That's I've been that. making wine since uh, 1999. Okay, so yeah, you have a good, good while under your belt. Yeah, and, well, the good thing about uh, when I started winemaking, the head winemaker I worked with told me, remember that every year is going to be different, and it's true. Yeah. Every year I learn something new, and... And for me, it's, a, it's one of the advantages or one of the luck I have in working with wine. Have every year is different. Every year, grapes are not the same. So it's a, it's a learning process. Do, do you um, attempt to um, have a consistent house style regardless of vintage? Or do you kind of appreciate that, you know, 15 was a tough vintage and it shows this in the wine versus that? Like vintage variation, is that something that you like to show in your wines from different years? Do you well, it, it's, uh, it's um, without vintage variations, this business wouldn't be what it is to start with. Uh -huh. Okay, that's the, 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 always what I believe, that it can be good and can be bad, but for me, it's more good than bad, okay? That's right. And um, uh, normally, in, in the vintage variations, uh, normally they affect production, logically, and logically they affect quality. So, as I say, as a, my work, our work as a winemakers, have to really be focused in trying to every vintage focus what what the vintage has of good. Every vintage can be we can think it's bad, but it's not bad. We have to pinpoint or try to make the what the vintage give us showing the wines. Okay. Well, that that kind of follows into my next question, which is uh, over that span. I know the, the climate has changed a lot. How is how has that affected you? What have, what have you noticed that's uh, maybe yes. different year to year now? It's uh, I remember when I was a very small kid and my hometown in Fierro where, where, where I work, uh, I wasn't in the, in the business technically yet, but I remember harvesting in November, the last bunch of grapes uh -huh. coming at the beginning of November, even near with the snow, okay, that sounds a bit awkward, okay, but two years ago, 2017, I started harvesting 26th of August. Wow. That makes the that's, that's the, huge. The, the the day difference is so ample. Okay, so to your question, yes, the climate change is on us, it's affecting us. Okay, but we don't have to take. I think we don't have to take uh, climate change as a menace. Uh -huh. We will have to take our precautions, but we have to take it as an opportunity. In the case of Spain, or in the case of that area, you have to think that uh, Spain is the second most. Uh, how do you say, uh, more, have more mountains mm. after Switzerland's in Europe, okay? So what's happening now in Spain that we are trying, or due to the climate change, we are going up the mountain. So we're going up the mountain, mm -hmm. and in some cases the terrains are changing, the, the wines can be start to change, and it's, in that sense it's an opportunity. Is there any thought of 
um, plant any different varietals? No, 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 no. In that case, no. I mean, in Rioja, we logically Tempranillo is a star. We have others like uh, Grenache, uh, Mafuel, that's, that's Carignan, Graciano. We have other, even more minor varieties that we are trying to show them, mm -hmm. like uh, in whites, are part of the classical Bura. We have the white Tempranillo. It's a very promising white variety. We're starting to work very strongly. And then we have other varieties as very, very local as Maturana, red Maturana and red and white Maturana. Okay, so we're doing new things. Do you, I, I didn't ask you this earlier. I, I hear a lot about clonal variation in yeah. some places in the world. Is, is that something you guys mess with as much different clones of Tempranillo or is it? Yeah, there's loads. Now if you go to the, to the let's say, or the grape or the vine shop to get uh, plants to plant. Mm -hmm. The range of clones you have, it's massive, yeah. okay, of the same grape. But well, normally we work with uh, clones that we've been, that we've selected by ourselves, okay, so we not know them very well. But more important than the clone sometimes is where you plant. Mm -hmm. And the microclimate, the, what we call the terroir, right. okay. So that's the, how we deal with it. Have you, have you um, in your time, had to do a lot of replanting or a lot of the stuff still, some original vines that you've been working no, with? No, no, we don't replant a lot. I mean, you have to think that uh, uh, we have vineyards, or the vineyard starts producing like when it's three, three mm -hmm. years old, okay, but we have vineyards up to 120 years old. So the more or less when we replant, it's more, uh, it's more a matter of that the vineyard no longer produces, uh, let's say, a, a profitable mm -hmm. uh, production. Okay, right. But it's a, it's not an issue. But something, some good thing we, for example, in Rioja, we are put, uh, making more strong is to try to keep up with the with the old vineyard. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. That's such a pleasure to have you here. Is there Same. anything else that um, that you want to tell people about your wines other than go out and try them? Any other uh, well, uh, fun? <laughs> Muriel wines and the wines we produce at Muriel are wines that um, I, will, I, I, I work for them, I do them, and it's, it's not good to say, that, to say this, but uh, it's wines that is the perfect wine they can try to, to know about Rioja, about the Rioja wines, I mean, or to know about Tempranillo. You have to think that Tempranillo is, is original from Rioja. Okay, we've been working with Tempranillo nearly 200 years and as, a, as, a, as an aging grape and it's a wine that the good thing about Tempranillo is that it's a very friendly, very good fruit bearing grape and it goes well with everything and wine as I said is made to people enjoy and I think they're going to enjoy it. Okay. Well your wines are delicious and I'm so happy you sat down with me. And, uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, thanks. And there you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly did. Thank you so much to Chema. Um, very nice getting to know you. Um, and fantastic wines. If you haven't got a chance to try some of them again, they're in the program notes um, or they flashed in the middle of this. Um, please join us next week when we have Bob Pepe, Robert Pepe. Um, huge winemaker, currently the winemaker of Eponymous and quite a few other wines that he consults on and a uh, big part of the California wine scene. So very excited to have him. Uh, other than that, um, please click to subscribe, watch some other videos. Uh, all my podcasts are available in audio also and Spotify and Anchor and all that good stuff. 
And uh, if you like it, uh, like it, tell your friends, give us a good review. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you next week. Till then, chin chin. Cheers!